Hello, and welcome to Icon Underground Radio for the week of July 19th, 2017. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Uh, So this week we've got a couple bits of news, and then we are going to talk about the ROM vs. Transformers comic uh, that's out this week. So it's a thing. It's definitely a thing, and we will have opinions on it. Uh, first for news, uh, so I saw the, the Twitter post saying that Stan Bush is working on a new album, and then it cuts off and presumably continues on a Facebook post that I can't see. Oh, so, isn't just the Stan Bushiest thing? <laughs> it's, it's pretty Stan Bush, also just Facebook in general. But, uh... It's been a long time coming. I've been hard at work on a brand new album, and while a big announcement is coming, dot, 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 Facebook link. A Facebook link that is broken. What? 404. So, so that's the thing. So maybe there's a new album? But I mean, it's still... Well, I mean, I assume that does mean that there is absolutely a new album. It's just that... I don't know. We don't know what the <laughs> we don't know what the qualifier is there. Following and while a big announcement is coming. Dot dot dot. I don't, I don't know. But uh additionally he will be at Hascon as we've covered before. Uh and yeah, he continues being Stan Bush. <laughs> Good job. I mean, hey, you know. Good on him. Presumably his album will sound like his old albums, but honestly, I can't say much. I heard a new Jesus and Mary Chain song the other day that just sounded exactly like Jesus and Mary Chain from the late 80s, early 90s. and Yeah, so it's not it's like that's good just him being bad. cheesy. Hmm. Plenty of, of artists do that. Uh, so, also, this is something that we were discussing in a previous episode about the Flame Toys uh, toys. Uh, there are now some pictures of the drift from, uh, I guess this is one of the, uh, Transformers conventions. Was this TFCon? Uh, TFCon was last weekend, I think. Yeah. I think it was this past weekend. There there was a convention this past weekend. One day I'll have money to go to them again? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, and it wasn't TF Nation, because a friend of mine is going to TF Nation, and she's still freaking out about going to it in the future rather than freaking out about it as something that she is currently at. So I know it hasn't happened yet. So <laughs> I believe this is the one in Canada. But the point is uh, there are some pictures that give, you know, we had talked about the scale of it. It looks like it's about a 10-inch to 12-inch scale. So it's definitely he's not going to hang out with your other toys, but... He's, uh, I guess he's great for people who are really super, super into drift. And the replies they say he's seven and a half inches tall, 190 millimeters. Okay. Oh. So he's a big boy. What? Metric. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is a non-American company. Yeah. Well, yes. If they're making a tarn the same size or slightly bigger, that'll be fine. If it's like a foot tall tarn. Also say the tarn is bigger. Well, hopefully not a foot tall. I like their little signs 
They're little signs with the little uh, emblems saying do not touch, but pictures are okay. I, I think below the just little icon of, like, a big-ass DSLR, it just says welcome. So, I, I appreciate that. That's nice and clear. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it looks really nice. Uh, I would certainly want to see a Rodimus to go with it so that, you know, they can be bros together. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that looks like that's going to be a fun thing for people with lots of money. So not me. Yep. Uh, oh, it would be even better if the, uh, Rodimus was in murder getaway colors. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, please. Though, uh, speaking of that, uh, I know we don't get too much into third-party stuff here, uh, but Mastermind Creations uh, is the one who does a lot of the IDW-inspired stuff, and they had their version of Rodimus in Murder Getaway Colors as an exclusive at that convention. Oh, neat. So that's another thing that you could get if you have a big pile of money because it's like mm. limited edition of something that's already baseline like at least a hundred bucks. So mm. but but yeah, it, it did look really pretty. But again, I know we try to not not delve too deep into third party stuff. So. Uh so I I almost feel like being uh being super like that and saying, speaking of people who aren't going to have much money, the Rescue Bots cast. Has I was been... going to say, well, we've got a double dose of casting news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of which specifically involves, uh, apparently, they are recasting Rescue Bots for the new season so they can go non-union. Oof. Oof. Yeah. I'm I'm having I'm having flashbacks to the earliest days of Funimation here. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that they moved their studio from Canada to Texas. This is they're sending it to the New York, I, which I think means the four kids voice actors. Which okay, they're not four kids voice actors; they're just the New York voice actors the four kids used. Uh huh. Means may, maybe we'll get like shouty Yu-Gi-Oh is. Bumblebee or something. Uh, that all sounds terrible. I mean, admittedly, I didn't really watch any four kids stuff because I don't know. I'm an adult. I, <laughs> I say I, as I. I don't want to blame it. the voice actors. The, the voice yeah. actors get work where they can. And, uh, I know. I wish they'd but send still, it to Canada like, instead. Yeah, doing that just to. Go non-union is kind of tacky. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's that's the way things are going. So, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, On admittedly... Other... Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, admittedly, I mean, I've, I've mentioned I don't really watch it, though it does look like a lot of fun, and, you know, I, I just haven't been getting to it, but it it is kind of sad that that was like, I mean, it had a pretty legitimate voice cast going, and yeah. now I guess it's just screaming Yu-Gi-Oh! I don't know. So that's kind of sad. Uh, at least one of the people who's losing that gig has come up with a new gig to replace it, because they have announced 
a star-studded casting lineup for Transformers Titans Return. Yeah, like... Peter Cullen. Yay? Which is probably the least surprising out of this list. Yeah, actually, I looked at this list, and and the guys told me to stop looking at it so that I could be <laughs> looking at it fresh on on recording because I got to a uh, popular Wizard World guest, Jason David Frank. <laughs> like, yeah, you skipped ahead to the to the funniest one. I I did, I did. Okay, so we have Peter Cullen, who is unsurprising. Uh, we have Judd Nelson. <laughs> Which yes, that that I saw. Judd Nelson like, reprising his role as Hot Rod. It's yeah. I am I am so excited about that. I like Hot Rod Which, a lot, guys. Yeah, and it, it's really nice that Judd Nelson has voiced. Oh no, not I was gonna say every Hot Rod, but then there's the movie one. So damn it. Yeah. I don't think did the yeah. animated one have a voice. Yeah, it was him. Yeah. Oh wow, I forgot about and that. He wasn't. Yeah, we'll get like, there. Season three, but because you know, uh, so so yes, Judd Nelson was not in that because Judd Nelson cost money back then. I mean, presumably he still costs money, but I would assume probably not as much as you know his Breakfast Club days. Uh, we have uh someone someone uh a lot more familiar as a voice actor. We have Michael Dorn. As Yay! Fortress Maximux. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh Presumably that's a typo, that's... but yeah. But they they repeat the typo later in the post oh, they do. later in the press release. That's uh... I'm still but gonna yeah. assume it's a typo because come on, what the hell? Yeah. That's I mean, not a Mike, thing. We've been waiting to have Michael Dorn as part of the Transformers voice acting community for a while, Wait, so this is we a haven't thing. yet? It's I it's could... pretty exciting. No, I guess we have. Oh, that's weird. He's all over the place, although I keep thinking I am Weasel. <laughs> well, yes, there's that, too. I am Fortress Mouse. There was also him playing Regis, the Grey Goose oh, self-replicating robot right. thingy from Mega's XLR. That, that, that's why my brain conflated it with Transformers. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, I hadn't noticed that Will Wheaton is specifically playing Perceptor, which is... Yeah. He, he was so excited about getting cast in this on Tumblr. Oh, and I bet. I, I I want to be happy for him, and I want this to be good, and for his sake, I'm going to hold out hope, despite better indications. Yeah, like, uh, hold out hope that it's actually written this time. Yes. Yeah. That that was... Because the past. <laughs> the animation was a little wobbly with the giant screaming, star screaming head. But it wasn't horrible. It was the writing that was the disaster of the I was, first season. I was going to say, if this was like a video blog, we would have to take that right <laughs> that moment to cut away to, to giant <laughs> screaming star scream head yes. for, for a second or two. Well, apparently, <laughs> this better have writing because this new series is going to be 10 episodes that are 11 minutes long each. Ooh. It's a whole extra episode for a minute. I don't know. I I, I kind of lost track with the old one because oh my god, I was too busy just being like oh my god, what is wrong it, with this? It was just a strange slog until screaming star scream end. <laughs> what the hell was wrong with that show? Yeah. So 
Uh, besides Will Wheaton, Jason David Frank, the uh, yeah. green and white Every- ranger himself, who, unless you count Power Rangers as voice acting, which is kind of, he hasn't done any of also- voice acting. No, he's also the Black Ranger in Dino Thunder, and I will argue that his role in Power Rangers does count as voice acting work, because he's dubbing over Japanese footage half the time, and in the season where he was playing the Black Ranger on Dino Thunder, I think it was? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, there's been multiple series with Dino in the name <laughs> since then, so I'm not yes, 100% I, sure I have the name I, of it right. He was invisible for like half of the episodes he appeared in. What? Appeared. Oh. Quote, unquote. <laughs> because he was invisible. I guess. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping this means we're going to get Fortress Maximus's head pop off and going, Hooah! <laughs> yeah, that, anytime I think of him, they, I just, That's all I think of. And his stupid ponytail. So, okay, so... Fortress Max Maximux. Fortress Maximus is going to be Michael Dorn. So, so of course you you imagine that any other like titans, like big guys, they're going to go with the the big deep voices. So of course Metroplex is played by Nolan North. <laughs> um, Nolan North has range. It's just kind of like Steve Blue. He's not used asked to use it that often. What, what would I know Popular him from? Popular voice actor who just sounds like a guy, Nolan North. Uh, he's Nathan Drake. I haven't played that game. Uh, Uncharted. He was, uh, this is not his first foray into Transformers. He was Smokescreen in Prime. I do not remember what Smokescreen sounded like at all. <laughs> he sounded he like was... some dude, because that's what Nolan North sounds like. He's, he's like uh, Ian Super, Corlett. In Superboy just... and Young Justice. Yes, he sounds like a dude. It's Deadpool and something. You know, some guy. But, uh, but yeah, so he's going to be Metroplex, apparently, because mm-hmm. I don't know. He just doesn't sound like, you know, Metro. He's a good voice actor, and he's willing to do motion capture if they're doing that for this. Isn't he occasionally Deadpool? Yeah, apparently. I I feel like he's... In what, though? In the games, possibly? He was Deadpool in Lego Marvel Super Heroes, the Deadpool video game from 2013. Okay, then I do a Marvel Heroes game. And Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Fate of Two Worlds. Ooh. Sure. So, yeah. Sometimes he's Deadpool. But, yeah, he's just... He's oh, he was Brawl in War for Cybertron. Oh, hey. Well, there you go. That's something. Oh. But, uh... But, yeah, that's not really... Okay. I mean, sure. We'll see how it works. So... <sighs> So then we get to apparently the influencer cast, which is Mm. a bunch of people I haven't heard of because I'm in my goddamn 30s. So I I watch some YouTube stuff, playing the people playing Let's Plays and reviewing movies, but I don't know who these people are. I'm I mean, the one thing I know is uh, Frank Todaro is uh, doing Starscream, I think, again. Uh, and he's yeah. actually mostly just a long-time BotCon person. 
so put him as, you know, fandom member over YouTube personality, even though I know he has, like, a podcast and stuff that I don't think has anything to do with Transformers. Um, but yes, we have <laughs> Matt Pat, Dashy Games, <laughs> Rob Dyke, I don't know whether I'm offended by that, or, uh, Tay oh, Zonde, uh, Abby Trotz, Oh, oh, Who's that guy! Been in video games. Yeah, yes, the chocolate rain guy. Oh, the one of those YouTube videos oh that I accidentally God. have seen and have spent the rest of my life trying to blot out of my ears. He, he's listed as chorus of the primes, so he's there for singing. He does have a good voice. That's true, but Hasbro. And it's not like this franchise doesn't have a history of fueling a one-hit wonder's career. That's true. That's true. See also what we were talking about ten minutes ago. See the talk of the show, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. If like twenty years from now he's hanging around botcons with a new album, that could be entertaining. <laughs> yeah. See, there you go. It's, it's got potential. Yeah. So, uh, other. I mean, Abby Trot is listed here as being an actual voiceover actress, so I don't know why she gets put under influencer cast. And, for instance, Jason David Frank doesn't. Uh, we have a actor and YouTube vlogger, Lana McKissack, and uh, someone else from a YouTube series named Jason Marnocha. Uh, this, what this all really tells me is that I really need to start moving ahead with my YouTube, <laughs> my, my YouTube aspirations. <laughs> Cause that is apparently how you get people to put you in stupid things. Seems to work. So I'm sure people under the age of 30 are excited about these things. I don't know. I've Jason gotten... Marnocha as Megatron was one of the highlights of the previous thing, so I'm glad he's back. Oh, okay. He's reprising a role there. I feel like a lot of the reprised roles got lumped in here for the ones that weren't yeah. a name anyone would recognize. I, I can't remember when, how Windblade sounded, but yeah, I vaguely remember Megatron was like the best art. Yes. He gave no fucks, and it was delightful. No, he yeah. was just utterly... Out a fucks to give. It was pretty great. I, I agree. That was pretty good. Uh, so yeah, that's hopefully, hopefully there will be a script. A, yes, a <laughs> script. Editors, actual writers. I'm looking forward to having Judd Nelson back. I'm looking forward to having Michael Dorn on a thing. I'm looking forward to Will Wheaton specifically being Perceptor. Uh, so, I, I like Perceptor. I like Perceptor a lot. I'm hoping he'll be a good adorable. Perceptor. He would not have been my first thought on casting, but it really fits. Yeah. yeah. So adorable. <laughs> Perceptor is so adorable. He's so precious. Precious science feet. Okay, I'll stop. Uh, so, also, we have a comic book this week. Yay! Yay. So, Alex, I don't know when you got around to reading this, but I know I basically had to nag David to read it because it didn't seem like something worth reading. 
I read this when I got home earlier today, and oh my god, poor Star Drive. I know, oh. precious baby. It has a precious baby. I meant to read it, I just forgot to read it for a bit, and, and then I looked, started looking at it, and it's like, oh right, Alex Milne drew this. I'm going to read it all. <laughs> Quickly. Yes. Yes, it's uh, it's got art by Alex Milne. Uh, it has a script by John Barber. And, and it... Someone... Christos Gage? Basically... Okay. Uh, yeah, mine's still loading. Uh, and it, it basically, yes, okay, written by John Barber and Christos Gage. Uh, and it basically just takes the stuff that they've established in IDW with, uh, you know, there, there being other alien civilizations out there who view the Cybertronians as being these, you know, horrifying murder monsters. Which as is not an undeserved that. reputation. Yeah. yeah. And it also, you know, then uh, assumes that there are, you know, these other Hasbro properties, uh, but these other groups are just other civilizations in that same big galactic neighborhood. Uh, and so we have... I. I really appreciate that on the very first page we get a Galactic Council guy wearing a stupid hat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. The, the stupid Galactic Council hats are the best thing about the Galactic Council. <laughs> I just, I, I want one of those. I want that for cosplay. Uh, so yeah, it is about, uh, basically a Cybertronian Orphan, essentially, a, a protoform who's rescued by Rom and raised in their empire, which is the Soul Star Order, which, you know, borders the Galactic Empire and they sort of butt heads occasionally but are ostensibly at peace. Uh, and the Galactic Council guy is like, seriously, dude, these guys are horrible murder monsters. Just kill the thing. And Rom's like, screw you, stupid hat guy. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't call him stupid hat guy because he's not literally Rodimus. Uh, so Rom rescues her and she is basically who the story is about. Uh, her name is Star Drive and there's the, the picture of her with the stuffed animal. <laughs> All the other she's, baby aliens. She's a rather large child. Because yes. she's a transformer. Yes. She experienced, well, not, I guess it is kind of bullying because she's ostracized because she's huge and a robot that some people consider... Turns into a car. Turns into a car and some people consider just giant murder machines, which, okay, there are some Transformers that are weapons of mass destruction. So the racism or speciesism is not entirely unfounded, but aw, she's so adorable and innocent. Yeah, I mean, that's, I... I like stuff that's about this sort of identity sort of thing of, you know, in this case, her having to deal with being told this is what your people are like, and they're horrible. and Really callously, yeah, too. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure at one point there, there, there's something explicitly about, like, you know, maybe if she tries really hard, she can be a decent person. That's, well, yes, that's that's specifically. And if you put in enough work, perhaps you can be one of us someday. 
And that's just so, like... I mean, it's messed up, A, but it also, I think, is very, uh, you know, very reminiscent of sort of the, like, model minority member sort of thing of, of being one of the good ones. And, you know, that's... Well, even beyond that, she she's raised away from her people. She doesn't know anything about them. She's a stolen orphan. Yeah. Raised by an invading, well, okay, not really invading colonist, but whatever. It's, it's she, she's an oppressed people. Yeah, <laughs> of one. Yes. So you know, eventually she has a run-in with the dire wraiths, and Rom, along with some more space knights, saves her again. I just, I really appreciate some of the space knight names. Like it doesn't seem to be across the board, but they they had me at at Cadet Seda. <laughs> Do we get a name for the bear one? Oh, I don't, I don't know. There's a space knight bear. Cause, cause there's also oxen. Uh, cause you see it's, it's computer parts, like, like ROM. Oh, oh auxiliary <laughs> in. Oh, Zeta, like... I didn't even notice that. <laughs> oh, crap. I saw Seda, but. Uh-huh. S-A-T-A, but I didn't get the oxy. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. I love it. I love it so much. And, yeah, you know, I am, of course, this is a a backstory, basically. This is a, a, you know, at least probably a good while back kind of story. Did we get, like, a specific time frame of when this takes place? Um... Centuries before the Transformers arrived on Earth. Okay, so there we go. It was a while back. Uh, but So I don't know if any of these characters are actually relevant to like the current ongoing ROM stuff. Uh, but Probably, but uh, we keep forgetting to read it. Yeah, but it's, it's definitely... Oops. You know, it's it's interesting. It's a good sci-fi thing, and it takes a lot of the really interesting ideas that have been put out there and, you know, smushes that together with other things. Because that's that's one of the things that I really liked about the third season of G1, along with a couple episodes of season two, was just, you know, presenting Transformers as, like, one, you know... Because you're not just going to have one other alien race out there. There's going to be, like, the Star Trek thing of having, like, a whole bunch of different races and a whole community. And uh, some of the more interesting stuff in, in Season 3 has that going on. Like the crazy planet where they take Galvatron. <laughs> So I really like that that's where they're going. That's where they take this. I had apparently missed they got the rights to call the Dire Wraiths Dire Wraiths. Yeah, and they're just, you know, I've, actually Dire Wraiths. They've been doing that in the Revolution stuff. They just... They, they can't have them look like the old designs. Mm. Weren't the old designs kind of amorphous anyway? Yeah, yeah, but they were like the, Wraith the wouldn't imply faces that. and things. They could still change shape, but they were sort of fatter and tentacly faced. Can they harass Forge from X-Men? Because that's like 
pretty much the vast majority of what I know about them. As they crossed over into a really good X-Men story. Which is sad, because while I was moving, I found that during my, my old time working at a used bookstore, I had actually accumulated a very large number of old ROM back issues that I never got around to reading, so I feel like I should really do that. <laughs> yes. Oops. I like that the diaries here seem to have a trait of discarding their disguises and attacking not at the most strategically edgy not at the most strategically advantageous time, but at the most dramatically shocking time. What? I mean, the- Or at the first mention of the possibility that there might be diorates here, and they're just standing there, it's like, yes, we're right here! These are also the kinds of people, I've... the kinds of characters who just announce, I'm your death! So, I mean, they've, they've got <laughs> yes. a very well-developed sense of drama. I believe it unwise to declare victory over the diorates, because you will all die by our hands! <laughs> They're pretty great. I, I like uh, villains with a well-developed sense of melodrama. So. If there's one thing that seems out of place, it's that they're allying with Decepticons in this action yeah. sequence at the end. Yeah, so, yes, as it turns out, towards the end, uh, they are working with the Decepticons. Uh, at least as far as one particular uh, deal, strategic thing goes. Uh, so, and uh, Starscream is very interesting. I, I like that when one of the dire rates points out Star Drive, he's like, I could actually tell which one wasn't six feet tall and made of flesh. So. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, I noticed which one was the Cybertronian. Thank you. Uh, but but yes, they are after her. But more importantly, they are after the Energon maker that uh, the Soul Star Order reverse engineered for her because that's actually yeah. some hella important tech. Oh yeah, we just created a thing that would end most of Cybertronian society's problems. No yeah. big. <laughs> uh, so yes, and then at the end, Ultra Magnus and Bumblebee show up and shoot their way in. And she's like, oh my god, they are terrifying murder machines. <laughs> my people <laughs> no. are terrifying murder machines. <laughs> so, poor thing. But yeah, this was, this was really good. Uh, it's got a lot of interesting ideas, and I'm really looking forward to to reading the rest of it. It, you know, it's we get so many like crossover events that are clearly just for the sake of having a crossover event, and this one feels like someone actually, you know, wrote a story and was like, "Hey, we should make this comic." <laughs> It doesn't feel as on spec as a lot of this stuff has. Yeah, because it's, it's a crossover by way of accident because it's a character piece about Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, it, it actually, like I said, it, it takes the idea of this greater galactic community to a logical conclusion that, that these Empires would have run into each other, would have 
both dealt with Cybertronians to some extent, and you know, that's it. It it's very natural. Uh, and so, yeah, that uh, that is what we have this week. Uh, <laughs> hey, Alex, do you know what comics we have next week? Uh, no, but if you hum a few bars, I can fake it. IDW. I really want a Star Drive toy now. Yes. She's so Regular good. colors or Space Knight colors, I don't care. Everyone is mean to her because she's a robot and it's sad. Big robot. She can't help it. Just repaint something gray and give it a new head. <laughs> exactly. That'll be enough. Well, I guess we could I do with headmasters. Have... I believe we have Lost Light number eight next week. Ooh. Oh. Speaking of Transformers being involved in the greater galactic community. Because, you know, judging by the covers, that seems to be a lot of what's involved there. So yeah, I will be looking forward to that. I'm sure we will have many things to say about it. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited about. You know, we've we've talked before about Alex Milne's skill with like emotional nuance, and I think that that worked out really well here, especially because we both have a character who is doing a lot of emotional nuance, and we have a character who has like no proper facial features except for little red glowing eyes. So. Yeah, Rom and the other face knights, like, they just have little eyes they can express with. Everybody else is an alien except for Star Drive. Yeah. So, so it's good. Definitely. Even Star Drive's got a mask on a bit of the time. Yeah, if, if you were iffy about picking it up because you were worried it was just going to be another awkward, you know, written to spec kind of crossover. No, you should totally get it. It's really good. It's got a new precious baby character who we are all going to love now. And that's, I mean, really, that should be all you need to know. It's up there with any of the other Transformers comics coming out right now. Uh, I would <laughs> I would say it is probably better <laughs> than the, uh, the Gillette crossover for the movie. <laughs> well, that's, that's, a, that's a low bar. <laughs> Damn Speaking of things crazy. that were written to spec. Uh, but yeah. So that is it for this week, then. Uh, we will then be back next week, presumably, hopefully, with some Lost Light, barring unforeseen shipping yeah, changes. Shipping changes. Uh, so until then, uh, we will call it a week here. This has been Jen. And Alex. And David. Good night.
Iacon Underground Radio is hosted by IaconUnderground.net. We are listener-supported through Patreon, where you can help us cover the cost of running this show and our other podcast, Stasis Pod, at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. We are on Twitter at IaconUG, Tumblr at IaconUnderground.tumblr.com, and Facebook at Facebook.com slash IaconUnderground. Hello, and welcome to Iacon Underground Radio for the week of July 19th, 1919. <laughs> That's going to be the best, best outtake. Not even the best outtake. 